You can use descriptive words describing your preferences, but words are not the only way to express yourself. Have you ever gone to the town next to the springs to try all those amazing mineral waters? You could find out my preferences without me even saying a word. Just by the look in my eyes and the grimace on my face. Now, I love ribeye steak, but I hate liver and onions. I love baseball, but I hate golf. I love tennis shoes, but I hate cowboy boots. As you know, love and hate tend to be based on preferences and choice. So if I truly want to love as God does, my love will become like his love. If I truly want to love like Satan does, my love will become like Satan. And that's the lesson today. Love or hate. What is love and hate? Love of the Father, how you live. So the first point is, what is love and hate? If you follow the teachings of the Apostle John in 1 John, love and hate are not just mere preferences of tastes and likes, but an outpouring of who you are. Of course, we know the only two choices a person has that they can follow is either God or Satan. Their concepts, though, of love and hate are quite the opposite. That is, God and Satan. Following God, I will learn to love what he loves. And in fact, I will also learn to hate what he hates. But if I follow Satan, I will continue to love what he loves and hate what he hates. Let's consider a few examples from 1 John. 1 John chapter 2, verse 5. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. So keeping God's word is an example of whose side you're on. Do you love God? Well, you're going to keep his word. Do you love Satan? Well, you're not. How about chapter 2, verse 15? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So, if you love the world, I'm not talking about the people, right? I'm talking about the world over the things of God. If you love the world, well... You're a good follower of Satan. If you do not love the world, or if you in fact hate the world, you're a good follower of God. Chapter 3, verse 10. This talks about our brother. Chapter 3, verse 10. Who are the children of God and who are the children 
of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So a follower of God is going to love his brother. Those who hate their brother are going to be followers of Satan. And of course, brother here just does not mean your physical brother, but a brother in Christ specifically, a, a, maybe a brother in humanity more generally. We get a little bit more specific in verse 11. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Well, if you follow concepts of one another passages, you know you're talking about people in Christ. If it's from God, you're going to love those in the body of Christ. If it's from Satan, well, not so much. How do we know what true love is? Well, John talks about that too in chapter 3, verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Following Christ's love for people, or do you follow Satan's love for people? Christ showed us great kindness and great sacrifice, great willingness to follow the Father's ways. And then there's an interesting idea after, at chapter 3, verse 18, which I'll kind of bring up a little bit more in the next point, second point, chapter 3, verse 18, it says this, Little children, let us not love the word, <clears throat> excuse me, little children, let us not love in word and, or talk, but in deed and truth. So love is not just word of mouth, is it? But it is an action. It is an action of truth and deed. Keeping God's word is a concept of an ongoing practice rather than just a point in time. I can turn to God through Christ at one point in my life, that's true. But if I disregard him after the fact, can I claim to continue in keeping his ways? No. Now, God calls this person who does not continue in his ways a what? A liar. Chapter 2, verse 4. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. God says the truth is not in him. God says this person is a liar. But if I continue this path, what is Satan going to say about that individual? That's my boy. That's my boy. Why? Because you're following what he loves and you're hating what he hates. On the flip side, those who keep God's word, who apply his word and his teachings for the sake of other souls, 
who truly love God and show this love in action and not just in knowledge, are loved by God, chapter 2, verse 5. But whoever keeps his word in him truly, the love of God is perfected. By this, we may know that we are in him. There is nothing that says love more than teaching people about the love of Christ. Conversely, there is nothing more hateful than disregarding a person's soul. There are many ways to disregard a person's soul, but in 1 John, the apostle claims it is teaching things that are not from God. Teaching falsely about who Jesus is, to present doctrine that doesn't promote Christ-like living, and to promote the things that come from this world or Satan himself. That disregards a person's soul because you're not helping that person in the direction he or she needs to go. Isaiah spoke to a corrupted nation. You realize that, right? Isaiah spoke to a corrupted nation, a corrupted people of God. Woe to those who call good evil and evil good, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isaiah 5.20. You might think, did they really hate God? They were good people raising good families. But they mixed their faith with the world. They raised their children not to live for God. You see, good does not come from things found in one's own selfish life. It comes from things of God, His holiness, and His fatherliness. God is the only one who brings salvation. Not Satan. The second point, love of the Father. Whose kind of love are you searching for? You may say God. Well, that's wonderful. That's right. But if you say God, but show that your love and hate concepts follow Satan's ways, something needs fixing. A great thought to help illustrate your choice of relationship is found in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. Life or death. Obviously, we see that life and blessings go together and death and curses or curse goes together. Life in this context is very interesting. It conveys an action on our part. Did you know that? Life conveys an action on our part. Developing a relationship requires action, does it not? God is actually asking in this particular section, 
Which relationship do you want? Choose today. Do you want the relationship that leads to me or that leads to death? Life is an action going toward a relationship. If I want to keep that relationship strong, I need to continue my action continually towards that direction. What is the action? Moving toward. That's life in this context. Choose it. Do you choose life? Well, make your life about continually going in that direction. And the direction we're talking about here is God. Conversely, I can choose death. Well, if life is moving toward, what is death? Moving away. Moving away. So if I turn from God, I have chosen death in respect to God. That one point in time that I turned and followed him is great. But if I'm not following him in my life, which way am I going? Death. It's a relationship concept. Avoid each other in your marriage for a long time. See what happens. Does that marriage bind or does it fall apart? It falls apart. You think it's any different with God and who you choose to follow? Blessings or curses. Blessings can be used as a worship word, obviously, to God. And in the Bible, it's only to God. There's only one who receives our blessings in this context. I bow before Him. I bend the knee. I lie prostrate. I worship... I show my true allegiance, but that word also carries the idea that some of you may be very interested in commerce. Depends on context, right? Commerce. So if I had a scale, you know those old time scales where you have your weight on one side, you add weight on the other and you try to balance that scale, then you know that you have the right amount, right? If I, so money or monetary stuff like coins back then, you know, if you keep it in your pocket long enough, you're going to have it rubbing off, right? So the money value on that is not what they go by. They go by the weight. If I had a scale in the time uh, I w and you owed me money, I would say, okay, here, add your money. Okay, you've paid your debt. So, but to reach a certain weight or value, what do I have to do? This is where the concept of blessing comes from. I have to continue to add to the weight. How I put value on my relationship with God is about how much weight do I keep adding? Do I value Him a lot? Or just on Sundays? How much is he valued to me? Blessings, 
Now you can go with curse. The Red Sea, the word there is the same word. When you have the Red Sea and the the people had to go by, what did God have to do to the Red Sea? He dried it up in that spot. So it comes from the idea of a riverbed that is no longer flourishing. It's dried up. I'm no longer adding value to my relationship with God anymore. He's not as important as someone or something else. So instead of blessing, I'm withholding. I'm dried up. I'm cursed. Therefore, you choose life, death, blessing, or curse. What kind of relationship do you want with God? One that just throws a little blessing? Or one that says, my life is about giving you blessing. I'm directed in your direction. If not, well, death and curse is my choice. We all know what it's like to have the Ogallaga Aquifer start drying up, don't we? Is it a blessing or is it a curse? That's how you can live before God. We will get to see the Father, but which Father depends on you? Sometimes it is easy to picture a person born into Christ as a spiritual, pure little baby. And in relationship to sin, we are now pure and we are now cleansed. But in other places in Scripture, we are called adopted children of God. What we were and how we lived was not good to look at. We smelled like the world. We behaved like the world. In fact, we loved and hated what Satan loved and hated. So we are now children of God who are struggling between God's love in this new and wonderful way and Satan's type of love that is ugly and a hard habit to break. We must continue actively, that's John, walking, abiding in God through Christ. That is someone who is directional. That is someone who's looking to life and blessing God. Not someone who says, what's the least I can do and get away with? I have so many other important things to do in life. Then to honor and build my relationship with God and bless Him. Bless Him. Bless Him with everything I have. Any other course leads to death, leads to curse. So which father do we want? The one who loves us as God loves us? Or the one who loves us like Satan loves us? Chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us? That we should be called children of God? 
And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when we appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. You get the idea? It's a constant purification in the direction of God. It's not a one-time deal. Those who do not know God's ways will always struggle to understand God and his children because they do not know God. They're not putting in life's motivation to know him. So last point, how you live, your practice. Chapter 3, verse 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. Your practice is not like going to practice. Monday through Friday after school for baseball practice. The practice here is your lifestyle. It is how you live. You can say Abraham lived by faith, didn't he? He may have messed up quite a few times, struggled a few times, but his overall life, his practice was living an appropriate life before God. So the Apostle John says, those who practice sinning, practice lawlessness because lawlessness is sinning. Jesus came to take away the penalty of sin. But a person who continues in the lifestyle of sin is not overly worried about what Jesus did. What influence does Jesus have on your life to help you change? None. Those who practice sinning as a lifestyle declares whose father they really have. Satan's choice is set in, his, in, set in character. The practice of sin, including not loving your brother, which includes teaching falsely, does not love like God loves. So who will you love like? Satan or God? Conversely, those who practice righteousness will practice what? following God's commandments. We don't want to sin anymore. We don't want to make this our set practice. We choose to learn and grow in righteousness. Righteous works are not the devil's works. Are you born of God? Well, being born of God is not just about talking about your immersion into Christ. It is living what you were born into. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. 
1 John chapter 3, verse 6. If I was immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of sins, but turned from him, am I abiding in him? Do I love what he loves? Do I hate what he hates? Am I showing it in my life? But if I continue to pursue lifestyle of death or curses away from God, even after being in covenant, my actions show that I have not seen him or know him. I do not fulfill my allegiance to Christ in life or blessings. My lifestyle is about what my father desires, the devil. John kind of sounds like Paul. <laughs> He's pretty tough, isn't he? He lays it on. But he's concerned about people's souls. And there's others that really don't care. The lesson is called love or hate. What is love or and hate? Love and hate must deal with preferences. But who guides me in preferences of a spiritual matter? If it is God, then that is good. Love of the Father. Which way do your actions take you? Toward God or away from God? Do you live with a lifestyle of blessing toward God, adding to? Or are you a dried up spring in your life toward God? And the third, how you live. How you live is shown in whose love and hate you practice. I recommend the one who can make you born again. This is the only done through Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can really transform us, isn't he? Perhaps you have been convicted by this lesson. Whether you are already a Christian or someone who needs to become a Christian, you can repent. You can change your relationship with God toward life and blessing. But the choice is yours. And so is the lesson. If there is anybody here today who has any concerns, prayer requests, or other 